What has happened in your life? What are the big things that have happened in your life? And how did you react? And what were you feeling? And what brings you excitement? You know, when you go back through your whole life, where were you really excited? Where, where did you lose track of time? Because you were just feeling joyful. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good, even in the smallest of ways, is one of the scientifically proven ways we can age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. My goal is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will excite and inspire you to share your own gifts and talents with the world. To find out more about this podcast, my website courses and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at JudyBanker.com. Ever wonder what the host of Zestful Aging does when she's not podcasting? Creating one-of-a-kind earrings, of course. I've just opened an Etsy shop called Zestful Design, no S, and it showcases my fun, comfortable, and zesty polymer earrings. These earrings are fun to make and fun to wear. So check out my new shop, Zestful Design, on Etsy. Well, I've got my tired little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. My next guest asks the question, what if we thought of retirement as a kind of graduation? Emily Harmon is a trailblazer and part of the sixth class of women to graduate from the U.S. Naval Academy. Recognized as a role model, she served as a company officer and leadership instructor in the U.S. Naval Academy, but somehow she got lost along the way. The responsibilities of being a career woman and mother drowned out any dreams she may have had about the future she really wanted. So eventually she became a coach so she could help other women find themselves in the second half of life. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. And um, Pearl, my dog, says hi to Sparky. Oh, wow. I love that. You know, I'm so surprised at how many guests I have who either also have a dog right beside them on their lap or a cat. Um, I thought I was unusual, but um, apparently not. So that's that's lovely. So I was so interested in your history Emily as a naval officer and I imagine that that's a very intense career can you tell me a little bit about what it was like uh, definitely it's very intense you know when I was <clears throat> 17 is when I decided that that's where I wanted to go to college to the Naval Academy and um, that decision 
determined, it ended up kind of determining the next 38 years of my life. I went to the Naval Academy for four years, and then I was an officer for seven, active duty. And then I got out of the Navy. Um, I stayed in the Naval Reserves, but I got out of the Navy, and my full-time job was working as a civilian for the Navy. And throughout most of my career, I was a single parent. Um, you know, I had gotten a gotten a divorce um, from my children's father who was verbally abusive. And I had, you know, kind of some challenges raising my children. I talk about that on my podcast. And, you know, it just seemed like I kept achieving at work. And I kept moving up. And I ended up getting my last job. I was the equivalent of a two-star admiral as a senior executive, but there was still just something missing. And I had forgotten how to dream. All of my dreams got buried under a mound of responsibilities. And I decided there's, I want to go see what's next. I want to have time to spend with my parents. So at, at age 56 is when I decided to graduate or retire. And actually, my, my, my pamphlet says, you know, come to Emily's graduation at the Pentagon Hall of Heroes. I mean, I definitely called it a graduation because I was so excited. I felt like I was graduating onto what I didn't know was a lot of self-discovery. I see. I see. Do you remember kind of the... Um... I don't know what the best way to describe it, sort of internal whisperings that you had lost yourself and that you were doing this fantastic job, um, but something was missing. How did you determine that? Well, like the job, you know, even though I moved around to kind of different jobs, it was all in the area of acquisition and government contracting. And some of the same issues kept coming around. So there weren't new challenges. I mean, they were kind of new challenges, but very similar to the you know challenges I had had before. And it wasn't as exciting and fulfilling to me. So I, I kind of felt that my energy level was lower. And I was traveling a lot. So work kind of started to become a burden, I think, mm. is what I really felt. And I was traveling a lot and my right, my left hip hurt really badly. So when I, when I graduated, I was in a lot of pain in my hip. I was just not in good physical shape. Uh, whatever I wanted, I never got to because my, you know, if you, as a coach, you do the wheel of life balance thing. Mm. And my wheel was, my life was completely <laughs> unbalanced. It was I all see. work. <laughs> when so, you say wheel of life, um, can you explain that a little bit? Well, if you just picture like a wheel and life isn't all about work, you also have relationships. You also have, you know, the financial aspect of your life. You have your family, you have your children, you have your friends, you have your significant other, um, you have fun. <laughs> All those things, you like know, a that, pie chart? like a pie chart that are supposed I to be see. your life, you know, mine was a lot work and stress. And um, I thought the stress was the job. But actually, as once I graduated, and I started working with other coaches, and I started doing the inner work, which means going inside myself, not looking for outside circumstances to change, but looking at me, what can I change within myself? 
I learned some things about myself that I kind of intuitively knew, but I didn't really, it was what was causing me stress. I didn't, I kind of intuitively knew it, but I didn't really, really know it until I took this assessment. It's called Emergenetics. And it showed that, you know, I'm in the ninth percentile. So 91% of people are more, um, digit data inclined than me. I hate, I can't stand data. I can't stand <laughs> doing my finances. I can't. And as a contracting officer and working for the federal government, especially the Department of Defense, it's all about data. You have to provide uh, data for uh, all your answers. And I'm more intuitive. And so oh, I Oh no. Yeah. That's a mismatch. Right. It was a mismatch. And um, as a contracting officer, you're doing spreadsheets all the time. I didn't like that. And I just kind of thought that, well, this job is stressful. Uh-huh. Um, but really, it, I was stressed more so because I didn't really love what I was doing. And I didn't really, it wasn't really a fit. It doesn't mean it's wrong, but that is not my strength. I'm more intuitive. I'm more conceptual. I'm more, uh, I like creativity. So my, in my last job, I had more of an ability to be creative, which is one of the reasons I really liked that job. And then I re- when I graduated, Within a month after my graduation, my daughter called and told me that her dad has cancer. So I had two children with this, with the father, and um, he, he's the one that I had left when my kids were seven and four um, for verbal abuse. And, you know, since I've done a lot of inner work, I, I recognize, you know, there's all, it takes two. So it's not, wasn't all just him, but he was verbally abusive. Um, he had cancer, and within two weeks after that, he was paralyzed in both arms from the cancer, and then he died And five months later. And I helped take care of him, so did my daughter, and I saw him pass away with regrets. I knew that he, even though he didn't talk about it a lot, I knew he was feeling deep inside. He had a lot of time to think, you know, laying in bed, being awake at night, in pain, that mm. he wasn't happy with the way he had lived his life. And I recognized in myself some things that I wasn't happy with about myself and I vowed I you know I want to help I want to create a life I love living because it was the first person that was really close to me that had passed away besides a Mm -hmm. grandparent that's older you know I see right sort of right before your eyes yes oh my gosh it just changed my life and and I saw he he was 64 when he retired when when he died and he had not retired yet and I have his files in my office next to me, and he has so many files, you know, three or four files labeled retirement. And he has different things that he's going to do when he retired. He didn't get to. Mm-mm-mm. What a lesson that must have been. A huge lesson. You know, when, when something bad happens, quote unquote bad in our life, we can, you know, look for the gift or the opportunity. He gave my children a gift of really valuing life and and me as well. And then other people because of my coaching at Sprint and what I talk about, you know, you talked about earlier in your show about, you know, helping others, giving back. That's what I try to, that's what I try to do. So he's impacting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the timing was really important. Yes. Yes. Very and impacting people throughout the world. I know you have listeners, you said, in 101 different countries. So um, uh, by being on other podcasts and in some of the work I do, I reach people all across the world and spreading that message. And if it just helps somebody think, 
well, what would I love to do in my life? You know, a lot of times we think, well, what would I love? What are my dreams? It takes a while. It takes a lot of clearing and stuff in your of thoughts and changing your thought patterns and looking at your life differently to really come up with what you would love. And then our brain will say, yeah, you'd love that, but that's not realistic. You know you can't do that. Uh But what if you could? Uh Limiting beliefs. Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Kendra. Kendra is a self-care company that makes estrogen-free essentials designed by women for women to support people who experience the hormonal changes of menopause. Their line of menopause essentials includes a daily vaginal lotion that dramatically relieves vaginal dryness and three daily supplements all thoughtfully designed to target and relieve the symptoms of menopause, including hot flashes, brain fog, mood swings, and more. Each of these products is backed with years of research and development to identify the most potent and effective formulations. Visit our Kindra, O-U-R-K-I-N-D-R-A dot com using code ZESTFUL. 20 for 20% off your first purchase. And I'd love to hear how it works for you. How do you work with people, Emily, who come to you and say, I'm about ready for my graduation and I have no idea what's next. I don't even know how to start thinking about it. Yeah, I I work with them because, you know, I'll tell you some things that I do, but I do it because that's what I went through. So first off is just like, there's a few things that you can do. You can really think back to what you really loved doing as a child. Uh There's also some assessments you can take for, you know, that that kind of come up with what your strengths are. Um, Like the one I told you, the Emergenetics, Um, there's the Enneagram, there's things like that. You can also look at a kind of go back and plot out your life. What has happened in your life? What are the big things that have happened in your life? And how did you react? And what were you feeling? And what brings you excitement? You know, when you go back through your whole life, where were you really excited? Where, where did you lose track of time? Because you were just feeling joyful. Mm-hmm. And um, so those are just some examples. And it, and it took me a while to figure it out. Like, you know, I, I became a coach and a podcast host. A lot of people were telling me, Emily, because of your past career, you should be a consultant in government contracting. That, I, when, I, when I think of that, it did not bring any good energy to me. Very mm-hmm. little. So you're talking about not necessarily a thought process, but something you might feel in your body. Yes, a feeling process, which one of the reasons I graduated earlier, too, is because I, I like I could tell you I was happy or sad. And then a, count, a coach would, or a counselor would say, well, where do you feel in your body? I don't know. I know what <laughs> I think. I don't know what I feel or where I feel it in my body. That took a while to figure out for me because I had been... You know, actually, when when Bruce passed away, you know, my my way of dealing with stress and being was to just stay busy, keep pushing and stay busy. So I was busy, 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 busy. I never felt really the divorce because, you know, the kids were with me pretty much most of the time, all the time. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the decisions fell on me. So I just had a lot of luxury. I didn't have the luxury. to. So when he died, all of those feelings came crashing down at once that I hadn't felt yet. 
Wow, what an experience. Oh my gosh, it was that first year was traumatic. That's why I didn't wasn't able to start coaching right away because I was just doing a lot of work on myself, dealing with grief. Um yeah, it was it was um very hard. It's still hard, you know. There's, you know, once I thought, well, now I'm fixed. I've figured it all out, and then there's always something <laughs> else that you're figuring out. Right, right. <laughs> But, work you know, in progress. Yeah, work in progress. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it took me – I mean, I remember I was so used to hyperachieving that when I graduated and was able to – you know, I was just – I kept busy. I didn't know how to slow down. I thought that it would automatically happen when I retired. I thought that I would automatically start being able to feel again and that I'd be able to get in the best shape because I wouldn't have as much work to do. But mm-hmm. I have a really tough boss. Her name is Emily, and she <laughs> – she pushed me and I had to figure out how to slow down. I didn't know how. I see. Yeah, it's such a, you know, that particular style is tricky because the world we live in really rewards that. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm crazy busy. Oh, wow, you must be important. Right. And off we go. <laughs> and um, I, I, I can see it. You know, it's more challenging to really slow down and and let some of those thoughts and feelings kind of percolate. Very hard for me. Uh, one, I had a coach who said, "I want you to you know meditate for forty days straight." And then the form that she wanted me to fill out said, "Now, how much time a day do you have to meditate?" Well, you know, I have all day because I was graduated, right? I mean, not all day, but and it had right. like. 15 minutes, um, an hour, half an hour, whatever. And the hyperachiever in me wanted to say, well, an hour. But I picked the 15 minutes because I knew I wouldn't do an hour. And then, you know, for 40 days straight. So, you know, I kept seeing her every other week. She'd say, what day are you on? I'd say one, two. (laughs) You know, well, Mm. why? I said, you don't understand. I'm really busy. I have a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) What was meditation like for you in oh, the beginning? It was like, I don't know how to do it right, whatever. And so, you know, she gave me some kundalini yoga kind of meditations, which is moving. So you're not just sitting there because mm-hmm. I did not know how to sit with myself. I didn't know. I couldn't do it. And um, it took a lot of practice to do it. But now I start off my mornings doing that. And another thing is, you know, well, another thing to, to think about as you're trying to figure out, well, what would you do when you retire is to really, we, we really need to learn to listen to our longings and discontent because sometimes they're just a quiet whisper, but we, you know, I would really love that, but we just poo-poo it and move on and don't really, you know, we don't feel like we deserve it or we don't feel like, you know, it could happen. But what if it could? You know, those limiting beliefs that we have, uh, really hold us back. Mm-hmm. I find that for things that I truly love, one of them is podcasting. There's this feel of ease and sort of natural fit mm-hmm. that it's not even, um, you know, oh, list the five reasons you love podcasting. I mean, I could do that, but it doesn't get at how it just feels um, just a perfect fit. That's all I can say. You know, there's, it's such a joy for me. And I think that that's maybe the kind of thing you're talking about is finding something that you don't have to 
explain to yourself or justify or it's not a cognitive thing it just feels like yeah I've always wanted to do this and it feels so just deeply delightful right and you have to listen to yourself not what other people would say like my mm -hmm. mom's like I don't understand why you're doing all this stuff you know why don't you just uh, do pottery all day which is what she does but she's 78 and and so, you know, somebody could, if you have a pleaser saboteur like I do, you can be like, oh, yeah, why am I doing this? Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just be, you know, retired, retired and not doing this coaching. But you have to be able to listen to yourself because what my mother is really saying is she wouldn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't want to do it or I shouldn't want to do it. And just because she doesn't want to do it doesn't mean that it can't feel good to me. You know, and she doesn't say it in a negative way, but you know, mm -hmm. if you if you tell your friends, you know, I want to leave my job or I want to do this or I want to do something different with my life and uh, I'm going to go work three days a week instead of five and I know it'll be a loss of income, but this is what I'd really want. Some, you know, your friends might say, you're crazy. Why would you do that? That's because mm -hmm. they don't wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, as part of your coaching, do you have people do writing exercises? Yeah, what I what I have is I have kind of a, you know, it's an eight step process, but it's not really like cookie cutter. Not everyone, you know, just goes through the eight steps. But I have like a workbook for each step, and the workbook, and then we meet, we meet every other week or sometimes once a week. But the workbook is a way to kind of get your juices flowing, to get you thinking. You know, what are your values? You know, to do that wheel of life and and um, some other things. And then we don't necessarily. It's not homework. You don't have to turn it into me. You do what feels <laughs> right for you. That's going to help you with what you you're trying to accomplish in your life mm -hmm. and um, and then in the discussion um, those workbooks lead people to come up with oh you know new epiphanies or you know new ideas or you know for example there was somebody that I was coaching that um, she was gonna graduate in a couple years and she really wanted to leave a legacy and she wanted to be thoughtful about um, legacy at work and she wanted to be thoughtful about where she wanted to be in two years you know how sometimes you can set a goal and then you never get there or you you know in two years from now you're doing the same thing you were doing two years ago and you don't even know how that happened so she want one of her things was to be really in shape um, when she graduated in two years she wanted because she wanted to do hiking and all that stuff so she kind of laid out a plan of you know set a vision for what she wanted to do when she retired graduated and she laid out some things that she wanted to do over the next two years to get ready and she wanted me to look at the list and this is just an example mm -hmm. well, what was not on the list she, she said when she gave me the list she said you know i haven't put the the working out in there the the fitness stuff in there yet but i'm going going to and um that's a pattern right like she wants to have fitness be a priority but she's leaving it out she'll get that she'll fit that in later and so sometimes mm -hmm. we don't see things like that in our lives it takes working with somebody else to say is that a pattern where your physical fitness always falls by the wayside mm-hmm one thing that it sounds like you you get to see what they're saying and then what they're doing yeah. and call attention to how does this support what you say you want to do right 
and my coaches do that to me. If anyone's looking for a coach, always get one that, you know, interview them and get one that is investing in themselves <laughs> because, you know, we can, we all need coaches in my opinion or not need, but, you know, it behooves us all okay. to work with coaches because as we change ourselves, our reality changes, our world around us changes because the way we react to things or the way we behave, um, in certain situations is different and then others around us react differently too. So mm -hmm. if we're ever saying, that. you know, if only those employees would change, which I've been in that situation, or if only this would change, or if only that would change, instead of looking externally, look internally about what within you, because that's the only thing you can control. Or not, uh, you know, you can work words. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have, what's your two-year plan? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, my two-year plan. So I've just started implementing it. One is to, and it's not like, you need to have a really a good vision of where you're headed. You need to have a picture of it, like a snapshot in your brain because, and you need to feel you know, what you want to feel in two years, where is it that you're going to be? And what do you want to feel? So one of my snapshot in my mind, that shows that everything that I'm working on, I've, I've done, which is, you know, getting more clients or help helping more people, um, writing a book, you know, that show, you know, that shows that I've accomplished that my snapshot in my mind is a picture of a house that's on the ocean front, um, that I rent for a month, like an Airbnb, but a really nice one that I mm -hmm. rent for a month. And mm -hmm. I have two week, I have the first week and the last week are just me and Pearl, my dog, she has to go, <laughs> right. And then in between, uh, my family comes and visits. So and I can, you know, imagine, and I look at it every day, I have a picture of the house that, you know, that, that, that resembles the house that I would want. This is the mm -hmm. kind of picture that I, the house that I want. Mm -hmm. And I look at it every day. And in two years, or sooner, I will be able to replace that picture of that house with the actual house that I rented for that amount of time. And that shows that my, um, what I'm doing to help other people has helped me and it shows that I'm creating space for myself that I've like in some ways to overcome some of my limiting beliefs that I have about money, you know, like, well, should I give my coaching for free? Should I do that? You know, you'll find that a lot of coaches have some issues with money. And because I worked for the Navy my whole life, I never had to quote unquote sell anything. The Navy mm -hmm. told me what I was worth. Um, you know, they paid me. I didn't. It's not like you negotiate your salary or anything. Mm -hmm. They tell you you're this rank. This is the amount I, of money you get. I see. Yes. So I've worked a lot. You know, do I really need that house? Is that greedy? You know, I've worked through a lot of money issues. So that that picture of that house, that snapshot in my mind, how I'm feeling, I'm smelling my coffee as I'm sitting on the porch and the ocean breeze is, is going across me. And you know, Pearl's sitting at my feet and, you know, my kids are there and my grandkids are there. That snapshot in my mind is a snapshot that indicates that I've accomplished what I want to accomplish, you know, what I want to accomplish in the next two years. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? It totally makes sense. So this idea of having a very clear goal, very specific. Yes. Sounds important. Yes. 
Yeah, it is. That picture's on my mantle of that house, but um, and when I actually am there and feeling that, I'm going to take a picture of me and my kids and my family in front of the house that, that I rent. And mm-hmm. it would be, um, so I have also intermediate snapshots. You know, I had one of when I get my coach's certification, you know, I'm going to, it's a picture of me with my certificate and, um, you know, just a big smile on my face because I've done that because that coach's certif- certification in um, some of the programs that I'm doing, I have two, um, is something that helps me get to where I want to go because I need a certification in order to do some of the coaching for like companies or for um, the federal government. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then another one that I had in order for me to get to that house, because also when I'm at that house, I'm in a bikini and I have tight abs, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that bikini yeah. and tight abs tells me I got to start working out now because it's not going to happen in two years if I don't, you know, do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just things like that. And then in, in order for, I also want to, only, I only want to do coaching like three days a week. I want to have Monday and Friday off. It took me two years to come up with that in my head. Mm-hmm. to give myself permission for mm-hmm. that to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so in order to do that, and because I already told you that I hate um, numbers and stuff, I was always putting off doing my company finances, so I invested in a bookkeeper. So mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. And so I'm, in help, I'm, I'm helping you know, someone else's career too. So I've also invested in a virtual assistant who helps me with some things. So um, how do I get to the point where I don't have to do everything? Um, and, and investing in those people also requires my mental mindset on money to change, right? Because mm-hmm. in some cases, I've invested in them before I'm making the amount of income that I really want to do before mm. I invest mm-hmm. in them. So That's how do really you, interesting. Yeah, yeah, how do you send a signal to the universe? Mm-hmm. I'm serious that I want to be the yep. best coach I can be, that I want to do, you know, help other people. How do I send that message to the universe by starting to take the actions now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're kind of laying out these, uh, you're sort of forming this as you go. Yeah. And you have snap and you, and you have snapshots and so then that helped it, it, you know pictures in your mind about how you're going to feel i have a snapshot of me camping this fall in november um sitting by the fire the cup of coffee and i'm there uh friday through monday because i'm not working friday and monday right oh wow and i noticed coffee keeps coming yeah up. i guess i like coffee <laughs> in the mornings yeah in the mornings yeah me too but i look at oh, them every day so that when i make decisions on the tasks mm. that i'm going to do during the day they're aligned with that vision and you know just like mm-hmm. when you say well you know i'd like to buy a red car i don't see any red red toyotas out there on the road I'm going to buy a red one. So I stand out. And then what do you start seeing? Red Toyotas, mm-hmm. right? Because you're subcon- mm-hmm. you haven't noticed them. But So now I'm telling my subconscious mind what I want. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help bring it to me. And I'm taking mm-hmm. action every day, moving towards it. And I'm not stressed. I'm in flow. I'm also doing Tai Chi. And I'm taking a pottery class uh-huh. with my mom. And 
um, you know, reading a lot and I'm meditating and I go swim. And so I'm not busting my butt to get to where I can rent that house for a month. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's just such a, a beautiful um, idea of, you know, really nailing down what it is that brings you joy and then being very intentional and going out. Yeah. It. I mean, how often do we do we do strategic planning at work? Mm-hmm. We, we do that more often than not. And then, you know, our goals at work and everything, at least I did. When do we ever do strategic planning for our personal lives? Not as much. Right. Right. Wow. Lots of stuff came together for you, it sounds like, to give you a unique perspective. Yes, it did. I'm happy. Grateful. Mm. Gratitude is another thing to practice. Be grateful mm. for what you have every day mm-hmm. for your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen on that. Emily, where can people find out more about you and your work so they can check out some more of this uh, visioning? They should go to my website, which is mm-hmm. Emily Harmon, H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. And from there, they can uh, find links to where I am on Facebook and and they can find links to my podcast. And um, the other thing is to connect with me on LinkedIn. And I broadcast Mm -hmm. my Onward podcast, which is all about facing adversity, moving forward and discovering ourselves along the way. I broadcast that live most Wednesday nights at 730. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you follow me on LinkedIn, um, you'll see that. That's lovely. Yes, I've watched that, and it's, um, I saw one where I think, wasn't there a terrible thunderstorm? <laughs> and, and and didn't you lose power? And it was it was very dramatic. That was interesting, because before that, before we went live, I told the guests, look, we're going to have a thunderstorm here. If we, if mm-hmm. we lose connection, um, we'll just have to redo this. And I told the audience that, too. We'll just have to reschedule it. So anyway, all of a sudden, we're live. He's talking, and I hear this boom, and the I mean, a loud boom, and mm-hmm. my computer crashed. I mean, everything. Aww. So um, I tried calling him, and he didn't answer. So I just thought, well, let me just go back online, because about two minutes, three minutes later, uh, I got connection again. And he was still there tra- talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. That's the, yeah, I, I saw I, I had the same experience where I was talking to a guest who I knew I would never be able to get again. I was just holding my breath and I look out my window and it looks like, you know, that kind of greenish gray and you think, oh, this isn't good. And I, I just held my breath that uh, we would be able to finish the interview. It was very <laughs> nerve wracking. Not something that you learn about when you're, you know, as what part of the podcast skill set. No, 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 that's not true. I don't know if you cover that in your book. Um, but uh, yeah, nope. he was still talking and the guests were watching. And so they're just like, yeah, Emily, you disappeared for a while. And, and then I that's, was back. That's great. I that's look forward great. to having you on my podcast. And I'm really excited to uh, speak with you later uh, next year, actually. Yes. So, well, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate you sharing your story with us, Emily. It's it's very inspiring, and I think uh, 
so many of our, our people in our audience will very much relate to um, this idea of losing yourself and your career and, and parenting and, and sort of the effort to, to find yourself again. It's just such an important message. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.